Hello and welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 246. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I'm Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're discussing Voyager's seventh season episodes, Friendship One, Natural Law, and Homestead. Here we go. Friendship One, Season 7, Episode 21, Production Code 267, Original Air Date April 25th, 2001, Directed by Mike Beecher, Written by Michael Taylor and Brian Fuller, Music Composed by Paul Belergen. Guest cast include Josh Clark as Joe Carey, Ken Land as Varen, John Prosky as Otrin, Barry Hotchwald as Bryn, Peter Dennis as Admiral Hendricks, Ashley Edner as Yoon, David Garaldi as Alien Lieutenant, Heather Langone as Bryn's relative, John Rosenfeld as Technician, and Wendy Speak as Technician. Enabled by its newfound method of regular communications with Starfleet and the Alpha Quadrant, Voyager is assigned its first official mission in the Delta Quadrant to locate the space probe Friendship 1, launched some centuries earlier, which Starfleet believes would be near Voyager's current position. The probe had technologically advanced items including antimatter reactors and communication devices in hopes to contact other species for peaceful communications. I have a wife, friends. We might be able to help them too, but not while our crewmen are being held hostage. You said you were trying to undo the damage we caused. What did you mean by that? I was aboard your shuttle looking for technology that might help us neutralize the radiation. We saw missiles on the surface. Was the destruction caused by war? Those missiles were built for defense. They were never launched. Then what accounts for the devastation? Adam, kick us off on Friendship One. Friendship One. Okay. Well, it's not really a new idea. So there's that. Um, It's interesting to have Voyager get an actual official mission that's kind of interesting um you know like it's like all the other normal star treks you know they're you see the admiral come in and like oh go do this picard go do this cisco so that's kind of you kind of see something similar to that here early on with janeway when she's in contact with one of the admirals from starfleet um i mean it's kind of an interesting idea to think about probes going out and that we send out going out to space and making some contact with other alien life um but, you know, I think we've seen this numerous times in Star Trek um, in much better versions. The first problem that I kind of had with it, you know, you have this society that kind of went through. Um, basically, they're in a nuclear winter. And um, when Paris, Neelix and um, oh, my goodness, the engineer that got down there, they get down there. and these. <laughs> it, it took me a second to kind of suspend disbelief because it looks like these people are, are in the last throes of radiation poisoning. So my first thought is like, how are they able to survive on here? I'm, I know it's television and you're supposed to suspend disbelief, but sometimes it gets a little bit crazy. They're on this inhabitable world and there's this society of people that are somehow surviving. So it took me a second to get past that. But I mean, you know, there's some really, I mean, you know, you see what they're trying to say here. It's like, you know, you know, things that you you do might have unintended consequences. And that's what um, Friendship one, 1 is. It's going out and it's trying to communicate with other civilizations. And obviously this was before Starfleet and the Prime Directive, before they had a full grasp on how um, good intentions might end up turning bad. So those were my thoughts on it. And there were some fine ideas and stuff in here, but I think... Uh... It just felt like I've seen it a million times. I feel like I'm a broken record every every podcast now. These 
last season, this last season of Voyager. I've seen it a million times. Um, it felt felt pretty slow, probably because I've, you know, I saw where it was going way in advance, which makes it feel slow. So I'm not going to have great things to say. Not not bad, but just uh, Steve, your your first thought. Yeah, I think I I pretty much agree with everything that's been said. There there's some interesting notions. I think the 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 idea of um, kind of a back, you know, almost like a, let's look at why we have something like a prime directive, that kind of idea. So, I mean, if it's, if it's one of those situations where you say you're wanting to have a block of episodes that kind of explain the prime prime directive, you had enough of them, maybe you'd look at this one or something, you know, as far as just kind of looking at the whole picture and and so on. Um, But yeah, it it seems like it, it telegraphed where they were going so early on in a lot of ways, it's kind of like, um, you know, let's see Joe Carey for the first time in ages. And what do you think is going to happen? You know, I mean, it's all this stuff. Um, I think it, I think it's, you know, I don't, I don't, again, I don't want to sound like a broken record either, but I think what we're seeing as this goes is that not only we're in, we're at the tail end of the series, but we're at the, the tail end of, um, well, kind of with enterprise, but the, of this whole group that's been doing this for you know over a decade or whatever it is at this point and it's and i think you just not see run out of ideas but just kind of i think a a certain style of storytelling it gets harder and harder to do it uh fresh you know under a similar leadership for so long or something you know maybe that's what it is because i would i'm not gonna say this is awful or something it's just kind of like i'm just like eh, you know okay i mean and we kind of seems like in this last season that's more often the case than not you know it's not like uh, th- like we said, this has uh, some interesting notions, um, but it just kind of, uh, it's all bits and it's like a hodgepodge, a puzzle of different pieces we've seen in other series, other, other episodes, whatever, all put together and in, in a different way slightly. So, you know, and I, I'll give it a little bit of a positive. I thought it was a positive episode for um, Paris's character, you know, where he's going to be soon becoming a father and, He's kind of down on this planet helping, you know, this woman, mm-hmm. you know, deliver her baby and that kind of thing. So it's, I thought that was cool for his character. I mean, obviously we only have a few episodes left, so we're not going to get to see it, really see him be a father, him and Blana be parents um, to their child. So this is kind of gives you a little bit of a precursor for that. So I, I thought it was a good, good idea to kind of, in this story, in this premise, to kind of give him those, those, those visuals of, of becoming a father and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of feel where these, yeah, they're they're this the same creative team is kind of run out of steam. But yeah, maybe they're they've done all they're going to do with this format. And you know, when you think about how excited they were to do Enterprise because they were originally going to make it a very different show, um, and then you know the network pushed back on that, and they ended up just very quickly. Uh, turning it into the same thing that we've seen here, that we see here, and then that's why Enterprise kind of, you know, sort of fails to launch. Uh, it just starts off like this. But I mean, I I I made it. I texted a joke to to you guys earlier. I'm like, I kind of wish there was a double speed playback option, <laughs> like for Friendship One. I mean, if you'd watched it at, at double speed with the sound off and you'd never seen it before. I think you'd follow the story just fine. Yeah, you kind of get the right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's you know, folks, for clarity, that's an insult. That's not a good thing. That's that's bad. As long as you've been watching Voyager all all seven seasons, you would follow that story. There, you know, again, there are some fun ideas. I like that little toy 
playing the Vivaldi. I mean, that just immediately tells you so much, mm-hmm. you know, about the, what's the, this world and kind of what's happened to it and the influence that, that the probe had. So that, I mean, that's kind of cool, but... There's a few little um, canon references that are kind of fun, but it kind of feels like it's throwing you a bone. Stuff like references to other episodes, the the, the James Kirk line in there somewhere, the first contact stuff, you know. Right. Yeah, I think there are, there are a couple of today where... Uh, oh, the the Neelix episode, Naomi is talking and telling the other kid about uh, Tuvix. And yeah, I was conscious of this is unusual. They don't usually reference <laughs> other episodes. So yeah, that's that's cool. That's fun. So there's not really any justice for Carrie, huh? Nothing happens to the numbnuts that kills him, I guess. Doesn't seem to be, no. No. Yeah, I guess, you know, they're like, eh. It's scary. Yeah, it's even, it's even like when was it Paris and Neelix kind of arguing for something there toward the end, and it's like, yeah, I know he's dead, but you know, it's the right thing. I don't know. It just seems like it's all just brushed over to the fullest extent. Well, even even the end cuts off abruptly. You know, when um, Janeway's in her quarters or ready room, and they kind of have that discussion about it. You know, she's got the ship in the bottle, and the, you know, the, mm-hmm. I feel like the episode just kind of just all right. It's over. <laughs> There's not really a good, you know. Would it have made the episode? I mean, did it really help the episode that they killed Carrie? I don't think so. I think if it had just been mm. super injured, you know, if he'd shot him in the arm and the doctor had to care for him, I mean, it was, it was really making much of a difference. I mean, I kind of feel bad for him. You know, they we haven't seen him in a while. They bring him back, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. You know, we haven't seen him really since the second season. I kind of wish Voyager did this a little bit more throughout the series, and yeah, you just bring him out to get. <laughs> have him be murdered that was kind of mean and we're gonna be back one more time and we're gonna shoot you in the chest i rewatched um 24 i kind of started rewatching 24 and i just finished season two <laughs> and that i mean what's his name the actor that plays carrie uh it's uh josh clark right josh clark and josh clark was in it he was in an episode of 24 season two and like hey that's lieutenant carrie <laughs> <laughs> nice he's like a doctor but uh Anyway, but it was funny because I was thinking, well, yeah, this is around the same time that he would have finished up Voyager, right? All right, what's this episode about? Um, I think we got into it a little bit. You know, it's about, you know, you know, it's it's dealing with it's kind of a prime directive episode. It's like this is why you don't get involved um, at all with um, pre-warp societies or indigenous societies. Um, We kind of get into that in the next episode as well. Um, You know, I think I mentioned it earlier. It's like, you know, sometimes the best intentions have... um, very bad unintended consequences and so that took place on this planet obviously so i think that's what they're kind of trying to say is that you know maybe think things through before you send a probe out with a bunch of technology on it well it's interesting to uh, to think about what's the name of the probes we sent out in the 70s for was that voyager voyagers, voyagers. two voyagers two of them right even since then now you've got people pushing back saying maybe we shouldn't like send out a <laughs> An international, you know, galaxy map that says here's here's where these people are, because if somebody can finds it, they can come to us. Maybe they'll come to us, and I don't know, you know, destroy us or something. But I don't think there was that kind of, you know, I wasn't I wasn't really alive in the seventies. I was, but I was like two, so maybe I'm wrong about this. But it, you would think that it that there probably wasn't that kind of feedback in the seventies. If there was, they wouldn't have sent those Voyager probes out, you know. So it's almost like we've already seen pushback and, and a, a change of thought that apparently it took 
um, 100 plus years for <laughs> Starfleet to get to, but... <laughs> Uh, Steve, what were you saying? Was it about? No, I was pretty much just going to agree. And also, I think it's it's kind of another reason why maybe the, like his uh, Carrie's death was pointless too, because they try to they try to get a little bit of the uh, cost, you know, of exploration. How it can lead, you know, there's a cost to it and lives lost, but it spreads so thin when they're trying to focus on a, a, the larger message and and a message we've seen in other episodes too. That I think that doesn't, if anything, it hurts it because they try to kind of spread the message out a little thin. So, not a bad episode, but uh, like so many in Voyager Season 7, a rather um, forgettable one, unfortunately. All right, let's do Six Degrees for Friendship 1. Adam, are you going first or second? Um, I'll go first. Barry Hochwald plays Bryn, the alien that is glad to have Tom help her baby. In DS9's third season, she played Dr. Elizabeth Lenz in the episode Explorers. What place did Dr. Lenz finish in her graduating class at Starfleet Medical Academy? She finished first. You are correct. I thought that would be slightly harder. (laughs) That's 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 the mature joke, right? (laughs) Right, exactly, yes. Uh, Steve, Mm -hmm. John Prosky plays Otrin, the alien that is happy to have those Borg nanoprobes in his body. In DS9's fourth season, he played the Bullion Brathal serving as an engineer on a freighter. When his ship was caught smuggling from the McKee, his captain turned herself in, and he and the others in the crew escaped. Who was his captain? Hmm. Um, trying to remember. Um, it's not ringing a bell with me. I don't know. Adam? Um, I don't know either. I was just looking at her in uh, <laughs> 24. Uh, Cassidy Yates. Oh, oh, yes, yes, okay. Right, right. I know, you forget that part of her storyline when she goes to prison for a while or whatever. But right. Yeah, that was her. All right, uh, so Adam has one. Moving on. Natural Law, Season 7, Episode 22, Production Code 268. Original air date, May 2nd, 2001. Directed by Terry Wendell. Story by James Kahn and Kenneth Biller. Teleplay by James Kahn. Music composed by Dennis McCarthy. Guest cast include Paul Sandman as Bintu Healer. Autumn Reeser as Bintu Girl, Robert Curtis Brown as Ambassador, Neil Vipond as Flight Instructor Clegg, Ivar Brogger as Barris, Matt McKenzie as Port Authority Officer, Brooke Binko as Transporter uh, Officer, and Tim McGrath as Bintu. While traveling in a shuttle to the planet Lidos for a conference on warp field dynamics, Chakotay and Seven of Nine take a small scenic detour to admire the natural landscape. They find themselves unintentionally scraping an ancient energy barrier that begins to break the shuttle apart. Seven manages manages to blast a temporary hole in the barrier. The shuttle falls through but still threatens to break apart. Moments before it explodes, the two beam to the surface where they find themselves in a lush jungle with a tribe of primitive humanoids. I was referring to communication with Voyager. It may be possible to construct a beacon by connecting these components to the shuttle's deflector. Did you find it? I detected it six kilometers from here. I believe it's intact. I'm not sure I'm up to that long a trip. I'll go. Steve, kick us off on natural law. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of this. Um, I think, well, first off, as we, I think we all don't like the Chakotay 7 stuff that develops. We've talked about that before. We'll talk about more about it. Have I Have I mentioned that before? Really? Uh, maybe it's my imagination. Have I? Okay, all right. Um, so that kind of has the cloud over the whole thing anyway, right? And then it just kind of feels, and I don't know, maybe if it was, if maybe if the maybe if the whole thing was just 
better told. It wouldn't, all these little things wouldn't bother me, but it's just kind of like one dumb thing after another. It's like Chakotay and Seven going to a conference on a planet and then they don't, he's incompetent enough not to tell anybody, you know, that or officially say we're going to go sightseeing on the, you know, it all sounds so goofy, you know, you just reading the synopsis or hearing the synopsis sounds, sounds goofy. Um, just one thing after another. And then they, then they seem incompetent further. He gets, he gets hurt. She like keeps tripping over things and doesn't know what she's doing out there trying to find <laughs> stuff. It just, it just, it just makes everyone look bad. Oh yeah, yeah, when she when she trips and like <laughs> yeah, her goes down that ditch, it's like comedy of errors. It was right, like, like three stooges or something. Yeah, <laughs> idiot. You know, I mean, and and then and the and the only, I mean, I, I the 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 whole stuff with Paris and the uh, flight instructor thing, it just takes way too long to get there. By the end, it's fun. I like the whole him pulling this off, and you know, and the person sputtering beside him saying don't do this that's kind of fun you know a little bit but that's it that's the only thing that i get out of that at all that's enjoyable everything else just seems uh silly and i don't know also that this that these people have no they don't have any kind of uh verbal language sure they that's it's unlikely at their level to have evolved that way um but it's just kind of like another excuse to bring out some more anthropological kind of stuff with the sign language and whatnot i don't know it just feels like it's a a lot of unnecessary little bits and pieces that come together into just a big mess. I don't know. I thought it was funny when, <laughs> when I was researching uh, the actors from this episode, so I could write my seven, uh, six degrees questions, like the main, what's, what's the, what are they called? The, the Ventu, Ventu the main yeah. Ventu that, that Chakotay interacts with. Like most of his other work is like voiceover work and video game work. <laughs> Ironically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Adam, what are your first thoughts on natural law? Um, yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say it's the worst episode, but it's, you know, it's kind of following a, a trend here that we've had in the last several episodes that it's just, it's kind of unremarkable. And I, and I tend to, I definitely agree with you, Steve, about the Paris B story. Cause it, I, when I'm watching it, I'm like, Oh, I, I completely remembered it wrong. Cause I was thinking, Oh, by the end of it, there was going to be like this grudging respect between the two. Like he taught, taught him something, but there's really, there's no payoff to it other than the fact that he gets to kind of just disobey this guy completely. Um, so at that point I didn't like really understand what the point of, well, it certainly didn't need what, like four separate scenes or something between yeah. them to get yeah, to that joke. I mean, it didn't yeah. need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. They could have just done a, a couple of things and maybe they could have done a little bit more um, development on the planet and that would have made it a little deeper or richer. Um, but yeah, I mean, I actually, I think I kind of laughed out loud when seven tripped and fell because it was so unnatural in the actual trip. <laughs> not only, not, not only was it unnatural, like looking, it was also unnatural for the character because have you ever known seven to be, you know, clumsy I mean, mm-hmm. she's supposed to have like, better vision than the normal sure, human. Yeah. So, so, and then then she tripped over it a second time when she's going in circles i'm like come on come on really it was it was i don't think i don't think it was meant to be laugh out loud when they wrote it but that's kind of how it how it comes across um when you're watching it so um I, I, sadly I, I enjoyed that moment for the wrong reasons um um but yeah i mean you know that's it's a very average episode. We've got a couple of good things they can put on the back of the box for this episode. <laughs> One dumb thing after another. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy it for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> Natural law. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool idea that there's this this uh, 
well, when I started, what I thought was like a protected society, you know, let them, there's this barrier there that, that protects them and lets them evolve in peace or as they naturally or whatever. But that actually wasn't the idea. It was that somebody else put up the barrier to keep them out. Yeah, I, I really hate the Chakotay 7 stuff a lot. It hasn't even really happened yet. That's what the funny thing about Well, ha- the last scene in um, her Akovi area. Yeah, that's right. Uh, had that feeling. So I'm like, no, screw you. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to find good things to say. Uh, the, the little girl kind of makes Seven sit down and look at the waterfall. That's That's a... Nice little scene, I guess. But yeah, I don't have a lot. Um, but it's not, again, it's not, this is not a terrible episode. It's just, it's not good enough to be, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm trying not to say words that are just mean spirited, which is what keeps wanting to come out of my mouth. Well, uh, clearly, I, as I've said last week, I feel like I'm probably just over Voyager. I'm ready for it to be done. So we've only got one more episode, so I can, I can suck it up and not be a jerk for <laughs> For another episode but yeah this episode i just again i wanted to like speed it up i just wanted to play it at double speed what well, well, i think steve mentioned is i mean you know they they wait till almost the very end of the episode to kind of get to what they were trying to say say and do i mean you know they could have spent a lot more time you know exploring the the two societies you know you have, basically you know the point they're trying to make at the end of the episode is like you have this one society who is just looking to you know plunder all their natural resources and um you know just take advantage of everything. And, and obviously there's this other advanced alien civilization that saw this threat to these, this natural people. Um, and they, you know, you don't really even realize that the, the, the advanced people are kind of a-holes at the end. Cause they want to jump in there and just, you know, start exploit, exploiting this land. So they get in there pretty darn fast, don't they? I mean, yeah, they've had like fast. how many years they have eons. They haven't been able to get in there. And then, like in minutes, they've got a whole survey team in there. Mm-hmm. They don't even wait to say, you know, it's been down, it's been up all this time. Should we wait a few more minutes before we go in, just in case we don't want to get stuck? Right? No, they're there pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, they rushed through that at the end. I mean, and, you know, they didn't really need all the Paris stuff because that didn't lead anywhere. So they could have spent more time exploring, you know, these two civilizations and how they interacted with each other. Um, it would have been a clearer message. Yeah, I think they were it trying to been, say. It, so it, it, the episode tries to it changes kind of on a dime in the last ten minutes, not even that, and becomes this brief question of should we keep the barrier down? That might have been a more interesting thing to focus on instead of half the episode with the Chicote Seven uh, with the Ventu stuff, which just felt like we'd seen it a million times before, or felt like that comedy of errors. So it's not, it's not that you can see that part coming. It's just, so that's worth something maybe, but God, just wanted to play at a double speed. And this one, you really could have done that because they weren't saying anything. Right. Right. (laughs) Well, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like this. I think it feels like, and I'm not going to, I don't want to insult them like like they're listening to this, but like that wrote it and prepped it, but it's almost like, uh, we, let's put all things together until we have an episode. Okay. This is an episode. Yes. It fits the definition or, you know, I could just, it just checks the boxes and that's all. But, but it's like, there's no, it's not like trying to, it's not awful. Like we said. And I think, I think part of it is for me, what we've seen in like, you know, in shows and series and all that, it's like having just too much stuff that, I mean, it's a good, it's good to have scenes that like play for some kind of ambience and like life where you see what people are choosing to do and whatnot. But on the most part, if a scene is not, you know, moving us forward to say, what, what are we talking about? What is this episode about? Or if it's not moving forward to say, 
let's develop something in a character or something. If it's not doing any of those things, and, and that's the thing, we look at this episode and it's like the vast bulk of the episode is that, you know, we have trouble finding parts that, that do any of those things. There's probably like out of the 43 minutes, there's probably like two minutes that like lead to talking about what something's about and anything that's developing a character or developing in a way we don't want to see like the Chicote and seven and stuff. You know, it's, it's just bad news. Yeah. I started, um, you know, coming up with things to do during the, uh, Saver at home. I started. I started rewatching the Run More Battlestar, which is such a great show. It's so yes. effing good, and I I've watched it many times before, right? But I haven't watched it in a few years, and it's just and it's immediately so great. There's there's not there's no throwaway episode. Yeah, that's what I was saying. The, the the craziest thing about it is that I used to say this a lot, but that show spoiled me. Battlestar spoiled me because now I just expect something to always be happening, and you're never spinning your wheels. You know, and you watch you watch the first few episodes of Battlestar, and then you watch Natural Law. You're like, oh my god! It's like I've been, it's like somebody froze me with ice, and uh, you know I'm stuck in place. It's 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 crazy. It's like you were going at the speed of light, and all of a sudden you're, you know, not moving. I don't know. And I, you know, we'll probably we'll get into this more on the next episode. You know, kind of like Voyager and it's kind of its legacy, but you know, getting through towards the end here. You know, they were kind of, it's kind of a victim of its own plot line. Cause you know, you look at, you know, you look at DS9 and, um, and next gen, there was an art to it. And like the art for Voyager is like, okay, we got to get home, which doesn't leave you a lot of room to kind of, you know, expand or do different things. So, you know, and I think that's kind of what we're, we're suffering from here because it's like, we know it's the last season. We know they're going to get home. So it's just like, okay, can we just get home and get it over with? Do we need like, you know, these six episodes where they're, you know, kind of plodding along. And so, and I think that's where kind of Voyager suffered from its own, you know, storyline. Well, think about this point at the end of DS9. DS9 gave us the final 10 episodes were one story arc they spent 10 episodes wrapping up that show and i'll get into this more when we get to end game but they did enough so that by the final episode they were able to just spend some time with the characters and it didn't have to be all action and here we are one two like three episodes away from the finale can you imagine three episodes away from the finale in ds9 what was happening (laughs) you know not natural law um, no, not at so, all. Anyway, yeah, they had a story. Yeah, they had a fully developed, you know, storyline there yeah. to, to end the series. Where, you know, I think that's probably the disappointment. You know, I kind of felt like the, you know, the first several episodes of the season were were pretty solid and good. I remember liking some in the beginning, um, but yeah, I mean, like the second half has just been dragging because it's kind of, and that's what I said. I mean, we all know it's going to end. We know they're going to get home, but they don't really do a lot to kind of get you there um, until Endgame. Well, uh, is natural law about anything? Um, you know, they got to it at the very end, what they were trying to say, you know, it's like about, you know, plundering civilizations and, you know, trying to suck up all the resources that, you know, that has ill effects and you kind of lose, you know, when you, when you develop a, another culture, cultural, not only do you lose that, but you lose part of yourself. I think that's kind of what they're trying. They don't really do a good job of it, but I think that's what they were trying to say. Yeah, that's it's it's that kind of thing, but it's it's so fluffed up and so little of it focusing on that in anything, any way that's not like a way we've just seen before and it's so predictable that it loses it loses its edge. I mean, naturally, uh, you know, there's the whole idea of there's there's value in um, in a in a 
culture and a people and a way of life beyond just some kind of progression as we define it. Um, and, and the notion was seven is learning that, but even that felt artificial because it felt like she should be there already. Right. So that's kind of the issue. She should trip farther. <laughs> yep. All right, let's do six degrees for natural law. Adam has one. Steve, are you going first or second? I'll go first. Neil Vipond plays Clegg, the Ladosian flight instructor. In DS9's seventh season, he played Darok in the episode Once More Unto the Breach. What species was Darok? Hmm. I don't recall. How about Bajoran? No. Adam? Once More Unto the Breach? Um... I'll, I'll go the other end, Cardassian. No, Klingon. Everybody was Klingon <laughs> in the episode. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I think he was Martok's assistant, maybe? He was messing with Kor the whole time. Uh, all right. Uh, Adam, Ivar Brogger plays Dr. Barris, the lead survey scientist. He previously played Aurum in Voyager's third season in the episode Unity. Brogger was an ex-Borg that treats what member of Voyager's crew when the Voyager crew member is injured? The season three, you said? Correct. Who does he treat? Um, Chakotay. Yes. Uh, so Adam has two. Moving on. Homestead, Season 7, Episode 23, Production Code 269, Original Air Date, May 9th, 2001, Directed by LeVar Burton, Written by Raph Green, Music Composed by David Bell. Guest cast include Julianne Christie as Dexa, Ian Meltzer as Brax, Rob LaBelle as Oxalon, Scarlett Palmers as Naomi Wildman, Christian R. Conrad as Minor, and John Kenton Scholl as Commander Nakona. <laughs> crew of Voyager is surprised to detect a Talaxian settlement hidden within an asteroid belt, which is thousands of light years away from the nearest Talaxian territory. A curious Neelix travels towards the Talaxian's asteroid along with Paris and Tuvok aboard the Delta Flyer, but they are shot down and crash before they can make contact. A company of miners claims the asteroid belt and they are hostile towards any intruders into their territory. The Talaxians rescue the Voyager crew and Delix, a widowed mother, takes a liking to Neelix. I've been thinking about something. It's a little hard to put into words, and I haven't really made a decision yet. And of course, I would never ignore my responsibilities on Voyager. Of course not. I take them very seriously. I know you do. Homestead. Brian, kick us off on Homestead. Okay, I will. Um, now, I'm not going to argue that this is some amazing episode, but I will give it credit for one thing, and I will say that I like it for one reason. In a couple episodes from now, Endgame is going to screw us, fans of Voyager, that felt these characters became their friends over the course of seven years, are going to be thrown over the side of the boat... And I'm going to have a lot to say about the producers and writers of this show during Endgame for screwing us fans. However, one character on this show gets a proper send-off. One character gets closure. And that is Neelix. Probably wouldn't have guessed that when the show started. But that's what happens. And this episode is Neelix's closure. 
And for that, I'm grateful that one measly character gets an actual send-off. That reason alone is enough for me to enjoy, certainly the last 10 or 15 minutes of this episode. Because by the time we get there, it's not just that Neelix decides to stay. They took the time. They took the time to have another scene where Neelix leaves with Forager and then has a sequence with Naomi where she doesn't need his help to get to bed. And then he goes and has a sit down with Janeway and she makes it easy for him. And it's clear. And then they have that wonderful walk down the corridor, which maybe we'll talk about later. But then he goes back and settles. And we have that scene too. It's not just a damn scene of him flying off in his shuttle. It's in his ship. It's, we get the scene of him coming in and hugging the boy and uh, Dexa. So I have positive thing feelings about this episode, even if it's only because of the last, you know, 10 or 15 minutes, whatever that is. If not, it's not even that. This is what I'm going to complain about not getting for every other character when we get to Endgame. But for now, I will just say thank you for giving Neelix closure. On that note, Adam... What are your thoughts on Homestead? I like and I dislike this episode. Um, I probably like it less now than I did then. I would agree with you. Yeah, Neelix does get a proper send-off. I don't particularly care for those scenes at the end. And not because, you know, he was getting a send-off. I just I just didn't, you know, where Naomi doesn't need him. And then Captain Janeway kind of placates him like, oh, you can be an ambassador. You know, I... I don't know. I kind of felt like it wasn't very respectful to the character. I just, I just did. I just didn't really like it. I just, you know, I've come over the years to like Neelix. You know, he kind of had a rough, shaky start for the first season or two. Um, but yeah, I didn't really, you know, I just, I didn't really like either of those two scenes um, at all. To be honest with you, I just they, didn't. They work I, if, and, and, and backing up too, like from the beginning, from the earlier, whenever. Uh, not when he's thinking about whether or not he's going to stay, but when he's when he has that scene with Tuvok, where Tuvok says, "Well, hypothetically, you know, you would be a better leader, or whatever." All those scenes kind of work if I think about it in terms of from the very beginning, they see this colony of Talaxians, and they, everybody knows it was a fluke that they found this one. He's probably never going to see a Talaxian again. He clearly has a connection with them. So they, as his friends, are looking at him and thinking, even before he is, that maybe this would be his opportunity to, yeah, to settle down. And if if you watch it like that, then that scene with Janeway is not disrespectful. But I can see how. Yeah, I, I, I totally disagree. I don't. I, yeah, I didn't really particularly care for the scene with Tuvok either. Because it's to me, it's a disrespect to the character. Because it's kind of like if you look at it a certain way, it's almost kind of like, hey, we're gonna get rid of this guy now. Let's shove him off. And I would have preferred there like actually been a debate about it. Like Neelix is debate it. You know, have enough respect for the character to be, you know, to come out and be like, you know, debate it, and not be like, hey, you know, we need a we need an ambassador. You know, that was just so. I just felt it was disrespectful to the character because it's like, oh, we need an ambassador here in the Delta Quadrant. Like, shut I up. thought it was kind of tongue-in-cheek, and she was no, trying to make it no, easy for no. him. No, no, I did not take it that way at all. I, I just thought it was complete disrespect to the character. You know, like, show enough respect to the character to, like, have an actual full-on debate. They wouldn't have done that with any other... That wouldn't have happened with any other character. So, um, like I said, I've grown to like Neelix. I, I think he did get a proper send-off, and, you know... Um, it was a good conclusion for him. I just don't, I didn't like the way 
they placated him there at the end. Like I said, I mean, maybe in the first season or two that would have worked, but by this time, you know, so they spend half the episode saying, you know, he's the most versatile crew member around, and then it's kind of there at the end. It's kind of like, yeah, you're not needed here, you're not needed there, you're not, you know, so you might as well go. Um, that's kind of how I felt by the end of it. So can't can't agree with you there, Brian. Steve, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I, I, I like this episode overall. I think again, I don't think it's fan, it's a fantastic episode, but I do like it, and I do agree that it's um that it's a it's a good send off uh, for Neelix. I, I I think I interpreted it more more like uh, Brian, like you were interpreting it in terms of the um that it's kind of done out of out of love in a way. I mean, it's almost like the entire episode is set up to you know give him an opportunity to have this choice. And I mean, I think they, I think they hit all the points that you really need to hit. If you're wrapping up his character, like the relationship with Tuvok and that kind of, that constant desire on his part to have Tuvok's respect. And he, he never can quite have the relationship he has with, he wants to have with him. We saw in different ways over the series, how that kind of, uh, there were some exceptions to that. Um, but uh, you have that, you have the, the, the Naomi stuff and whatnot. Um, so I, 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 I do, I do like it. And I think, I think it's good. And it's, uh, you know, I think it's an, it's an emotional ending too for him. And it's, it's nice. It's nice. He get, they get to do that. And it's, and it's, it's the kind of thing. I'm not saying ever, every character should got their own episode to leave the show one by one. That'd be interesting. But um, I think it's the kind of thing if they'd have done more of is this is a wrap to uh, wrap to the whole series up. It would have, it would we wouldn't be talking about how bad the seventh season was and stuff. Yeah, because like the first, I don't know, three fifths of this episode, the actual story of protecting those Talaxians and stuff, the nitty gritty of that, seen it before, not that interesting, but all the sending off Neelix stuff is good, I think, and that saves the episode. I also, I don't, I don't want to let it go without saying that I think that his chemistry with. Um, Ethan Phillips' chemistry with Julianne uh, Christie playing Dexa. I think, I, you know, it's it's like it feels like a legit friendship slash relationship. Um, I, when they kiss later, I mean, I believe it. You know, uh, when he says, you know, I, I should go get a good night's sleep, and then she stops him at the door. You know, I, I I believed all of that. I thought that was pretty great and real. I mean, I certainly thought it was. It was a real relationship in a way I never thought about between him and Cass. Right. <laughs> Could they even ever cuss? <laughs> so, I I uh, I thought all of that was pretty was pretty effective, and that's obviously stuff that happens um, before he decides to uh, leave Voyager. But it also helps because you know if that's a big part of the reason he decides to leave Voyager, it's not just these Talaxians. Um, it's not just that it's his own people. It's that he's developed this real relationship with her with Dexa and it's clear to him that he doesn't have that kind of relationship with anybody on Voyager and maybe he never will. And he's only going to be continue. He's only going to continue to head in a direction where he's more and more um, different and um, unknown. I think, I think given this is his send off episode, the um, it's, it's worth talking a little bit about, uh, his, his arc and Adam alluded to it in terms of, and I agree, I, I really didn't like the character at the beginning and then I really like him later. And there, there's nothing, no one else quite 
like that in the show. I mean, I don't think that there's a lot of people out there necessarily, you know, if you took some poll of who's your favorite Voyager character, you know, I mean, there's going to be certain ones like, you know, Seven, the Doctor and Janeway, you know, all these kind of things and maybe not a ton of Neelix, but uh, he, I, I de- he definitely has one of the most dramatic arcs in terms of, and not in, not in like um, convoluted ways, not like uh, he, all this crazy stuff happens to him and it totally changed. I mean, but a number of things that he has this kind of gradual or what it seems to be an organic process over this seven years where he's a, a certain type of person and he's changed to another type of person by the end due to what's happened. And it, and I think it's credit to those writing for him and the actor that I, I think it's, I, I, it's, it's very believable. Very little of his arc felt like a knee jerk, artificial, crazy thing. It looks like he has hurdles. He overcomes them and he, you know, it all, it all makes him into a better person. And he really, he really served a unique function on the ship that nobody else served, but also, that's not what I meant. I don't mean like his actual job. I mean, the character served a fun, a unique function in like the emotional arc of the show. He He really was like that morale guy. He really was something that it would be, you couldn't imagine Starfleet officer being ever. Like he, he really did serve this this unique spot that was desperately needed on this ship in this show. Yeah. It's good comic relief. Uh, eh, I don't know. For me the comic relief is always gonna be Tuvok, but what's this episode about? Um, a lot of it's like, you know, wrapping up, saying goodbye. Life paths, you know, when you see like um your life path changes from the people that you are and you have to make choices. Yeah. Um, I think for, for Neelix, it's like, fi- it's finding a purpose, you know, it's, um, it, it, that's the kind of the strange part about it is he did have, he has had a lot of different functions on the ship and, um, you know, whatever one might think of the value of him and each of those functions or whatever else he tries hard, but it, it's, it's that kind of, m- that moment or in time where you find like that, uh, that, you know, your, your, your place, you know, maybe, maybe that's a rare thing. Maybe not a lot of people actually have those kind of moments where it feels like, okay, this is right. This is what seems to be the thing to do. And, um, and ideally you have, um, support from those around you to, to make those choices, you know? And so to me, that's kind of, that's kind of where it's going. All right, let's do six degrees for Homestead. Uh, Steve, are you going first or second? I'll go first. Is this Scarlett Palmer's final performance as Naomi Wildman? Mm, boy. Let's, uh, yes. Yes, it does. All right, Adam. Yes. Julianne Christie plays Dexa, Neelix's sweetie pie. She'll later play Alen in Enterprise's first season in the episode where Trip finds out that he is expecting. Name the episode. I do not know the name of the episode. I think I've actually asked for the name of this episode before because I just think it's funny. You're not going to guess? No, I have no idea. All right, Steve, are you going to take tie it up for the day or is Adam going to win? I'm trying I'm trying to remember. Um, I feel like this could be a, could have been a title if it's not the title, but is it Unexpected? Sorry, Adam. That's <laughs> no, all good. Steve ties it for the day. No, Adam Victory. It seemed all but assured. Uh. <laughs> so you asked an episode quit, or but I yeah but I tried title. to I gave you a big hint I said where Trip finds out that he's expecting and the name yeah. of the episode is unexpected see yeah, yeah I'm terrible at episode man. all right all right 
<laughs> Adam, folks, Adam really feels like I stole that one from him. No, 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 no it's fine. Uh, well, so hey, one one piece of big news during mm-hmm. uh, the lockdown: strange new worlds. We're getting what we fans demanded, mm-hmm. what we fans begged for, actually, more like. Uh, Anson Mount is going to be Pike, and we're going to have number one and Spock and the Pike Enterprise from Discovery and the Short Treks. And let me tell you, folks, not only am I very excited, but there was a little bit of follow-up. Kiva uh, uh, Goldsman, he did an interview where he said it's going to be a little bit more episodic, like old-school Star Trek. Now, I'm sure they're not going to be like total every episode's a bottle show like the original series or something. I'm sure they're still going to, you know, there's going to be a level of of um, uh, series story arc that would have still be more than what we ever got, say, on, you know, well, Voyager, for example. But then he's talking about it more in terms of, you know, problem of the week, old school Star Trek. I'm encouraged by that, honestly. I think it's it's cool that they would try to... F- do some more mm-hmm. old schools kind of kind yeah. of Star Trek, and again, I'm sure it's not going to go all the way back to bottle, 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 and and so it sounds great, and um, I couldn't be more excited. I mean, I'm probably now, you know, once they actually start shooting and stuff, I'll probably get more excited for this than any of the other Star Treks, really. What 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 how, what did you guys think? Were you were you surprised? I was surprised they announced it now, but we we were certainly hearing a lot of rumors that it might be coming. So. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I wasn't. I, the timing, yeah, was a question, but uh, you never know. But I, I, I wasn't surprised that it happened. Um, but yeah, the more I hear about it, I'm, I'm certainly pleased. I think, I think it's, it's way cool, and I, and I think it's a good thing to, um, to differentiate between the series that are actively going now too. As, as many things you can do, you know, something different to make it just not feel like. Uh, the same vibe, you know. Not that not that Picard has the same vibe as Discovery or whatever, but you know. To, to differentiate things. I think that's, that's great. Well, it's interesting that now we're going to have at least these three live action shows. They're all taking place in very different time. There's not going to be any, yeah. kind of, there's no way they can overlap. They're in right, completely right. different time periods, man. If you're not a star Trek person, what a joke you, you would have, you'd be so confused. Like what? This is nothing like that. When I, I want to understand. I don't want, what were your thoughts? No, I think it's a it's a great thing to kind of fill in the cracks. I mean, you and I were talking pre-show about um, you know, you know, Star Wars Clone Wars and you know how much we've enjoyed that and Rebels and I feel like um, you know, those series have kind of filled in a lot of the cracks for Star Wars. So, I'm all for it if um Star Trek is looking to to do the same thing and even better if they're going to do it live action. Um, you know, it's you know, you have all these all these great characters throughout um, all the Star Trek series that, you know, you just kind of get little bits and pieces of from the main shows. So if they want to, you know, like fill it in, I'm, I'm, I'm down. Definitely. Uh, so no news about when they might actually start shooting, but they are clearly, I don't know if they've actually got scripts, but they've at least got stories. They've got showrunners. They've got everybody signed. I mean, it's, it's definitely happening. Just not sure when they're going to start shooting because of the virus, but um, you know, Looking forward to that, definitely. Um, there was a story this week about how uh, Jeff Russo, the composer for Discovery, he's like written the music for Discovery Seasons uh, 3. And there, did you guys see this story? Mm-mm, no. So, you know, they're still using like an orchestra, but he can't get the orchestra together. So he's actually recording 
like all the the people from the orchestra are recording themselves at their homes and then he's it's getting put together wow i'm like how is that possibly going to work but they went into some detail he's got like people that that's all their whole jobs they sent them microphones and got them set up a certain way they're playing to a click track you know and they're able to hear some of the other parts and all this kind of stuff so that'll be very interesting they 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 seem to think that you're not going to be able to tell that it was done that way so that's mm. but i've never heard of that i've never heard of that being done an entire orchestra recorded one piece at a time i mean that's nutty but you know that just shows you that uh, Discovery season three is nearly done and coming soon, so that'll be great. All right, folks. So we are going to be back in two weeks to finish Voyager. Well, no, that's the end of the sentence. <laughs> We're going to be back in two weeks to finish Voyager. <laughs> uh, prepare yourselves for my in-game tirade. I'm really going to try to limit myself <laughs> to 120 minutes of hate. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm kidding, gonna, kidding. Gonna, uh, bleep, bleeps you know yep there's gonna be a lot of bleeping yeah. <laughs> maybe i'll just i'll just record myself cussing about it for an hour and then throw that recording away and then we'll get on and actually do the episode that would probably be <laughs> so thank you for spending an hour with us you can send us an email trekcompanion at gmail.com our twitter handle is at trekcompanion our facebook listener page is facebook.com slash trekcompanion we are very excited to finish out Voyager's seventh season and then get going on the movies for the rest of 2020. So thank you again for spending an hour with us. And until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya. Stefan, I passed it.